I thought one of the things we could discuss is actually bringing this experience of stillness or ease into uh, our, our life and exploring its depths and its limits and talking a little bit about even the format that this dialogue is, is being presented in, which is, is not a format that is point by point. Uh, it's more um, an immersion. It's more a, um, a process of expression that is arising uh, right in this present moment. So, as I think we've said before, it, it expresses in a way that hints at or transmits the very experience we're talking of. And which arises and then is quickly forgotten. And then when we listen back to what we have said on, on the day, and that normally happens a few days after, before we <laughs> bring it out into a, into a public forum. I'm oftentimes quite bewildered as to the nature of the conversation because I really don't remember any, any of it, and that's um, quite startling, and yet that's how we go through our lives. Exactly, and uh, that is really indicative of any conversation we have in any context is that the detail is lost um, almost the instant that it's it's transmitted and I think that's why we often find ourselves in our day-to-day -day lives having versions of the same conversation over and over again. I often wonder now, does the detail really matter? And in terms of these conversations going out to really consciousness, as, as we, we might like to call it. I think the place that words come from if we are aware and look is a place that is not known before the words themselves are said. So we can quite readily see that wherever words arise from, it's something that might be called the unconscious, it might be called source, but it's ultimately not something that we're aware of until the words themselves appear on stage. And, and thought, of course, is, is precisely the same. And it's this transmission which you and I have, have discussed and it's the, it's the transmission of these podcasts, so it's the space between the words which is of, of vital um, significance in, in what we are doing and, and yet that's almost the mystery of where that transmission actually comes from and, and that's really the I hope the the, the power and I hope the the, the salience of um, you know of people taking the time to listen to this is is that the real value of this comes 
in between those gaps. And if you um, go into this at, at different times, you'll get different transmissions at different points in time depending on what's actually going on. So I, I've, I've found this whole process uh, very mysterious. Absolutely. And I think life is very mysterious, almost staggeringly so. We simply are not tuned to the mystery. We simply are more tuned to whatever is, is on stage right at this moment. This is where I, I think we are um, continually experiencing what might be called the now or the present, but we are doing it in a cultural framework of, of time as something that has a past, a present and a future. The past and the future are only ever experienced in the present as imagining. Um, even memory itself is something that is, is drawn up into the present and is an imagining of a time that has, has passed. And the memory is conditioned by when we remember it uh, and and is is re-encoded every time that we we recall it with a change or a or a an element that is is not quite what it was when it was first recalled. So this this experience that that we have. I think of, of, of listening and entering what I like to term a, a space should be attended to with a, a degree of, of, of relaxation, something that we're often not used to doing when we're attending to the learning of something new or concentrating on something. When we think of someone concentrating, we think of them contracting their their brow furrowing, uh, you know, their neck tightening. Uh, we don't think of concentration as relaxation. There's a really creative space in what you're talking about here, whether we realise it or not, um, whether whether we're going back into the past or going into the future. That's a really creative act and. I think we, we want to try to become aware of the fact that we are the creators uh, very much of this, but also that we can also be the creators of our spiritual space as well. What's really important is uh, how you create the context to get you into that space, which helps you to recognise that you are the creator of what is happening right here.
certainly for me, my uh, my time uh, with uh, with Glenn, just simply in conversation, draws me into into that space, draws me out of the secular world, so to speak, and opens me up to um, new ways of, of thinking, new ways of examining life. And you finally move into another creative space which um, feels um, very easy, very comfortable. I think that's very well, very well expressed. And that this idea of, of context and creation we could well tease out a little bit. Uh, one of the m- most accessible examples of context is often in the religious or spiritual realm where there'll be a temple or a church, a place of worship, and every aspect of that physical space is, is context. Uh, the architecture of the church, uh, the stained glass windows perhaps, the altar the temple it might be, the the offerings, the statues, the incense. And then there's then there's um, even in the expression of of teachings or or a service or a communion, there, there is a, a, a ritualized context, a prayer, a meditation. Communion for the Catholic religion is an example. Exactly. Now now this this modulates uh, everyone in that in that vicinity, um, from the participants uh, at all levels, um, those leading the service to the, to those attending it, and that context is a ground in which um, change and transformation and, and growth occur. Uh, similarly, we have um, all manner of different contexts. We have a work context where we dress in a particular way. Um, and um, we have a hierarchy. We have uh, particular practices within that workplace that are followed that creates a, a contextual framework for us. Now, what we can do is we can experiment within our lives in changing and creating contexts that support the deepening and the entering of, of what we might call the ground of being, uh, the stillness, uh, the source, the, the place of ease. And that context could simply be, as part of it, the, the very active listening uh, that, that we're doing, we're all doing at the moment, even even me as speaker uh, is, is, in, is, is in this loop of listening. Now we may choose to, to listen in a particular place, in our, in our home, in our car. Uh, we may um, choose to... to uh, create a, a particular aroma. We might light incense. Uh, we might have we might have a um, something we do before we listen and after we listen that um, involves um, us simply tuning to what is about to take place. It, it is a, a process of opening. and essentially shifting states. Shifting states. And the more we can enter contexts uh, consistently, the stronger they become. 
This is um, true at all levels, certainly. Uh, one of the foundations of neuroplasticity is, is, uh, is where attention is rested. So, uh, so whatever it is rested upon grows grow stronger. Any form of practice-dependent um, spiritual uh, growth, meditation, mindfulness, um, any form of ritualized practice expresses this over time, they, they, they become stronger. But they can also become uh, sort of self-supporting and self-limiting in that the context itself uh, occludes the, 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 the purpose. It, it becomes the purpose. So the, the antidote for our context simply becoming something that we, we endeavor to create and then remain within is to observe what happens post-context and the degree to which the feeling state, the salience lasts outside of the context that you've created. And I think I wanted to just pick up that point of, of, of us as creator. The, the way I would frame that is, um, is, is away from the, the, the sort of new age and, and most popularly um, expressed view of, of being the creator of our lives, which is along the lines of um, I can get whatever I want, uh, quickly, I, I determine my thoughts. I determine my thoughts, um, and uh, and if my life isn't working out exactly as I wish, it's because I'm missing the secret, the secret ingredient which someone is quite happy to provide for a small fee. Um, now, one of the things we've we've been exploring uh, in these dialogues is the idea that we are not the authors of our thoughts, um, the writers of our scripts, uh, the, the, the inventors or architects of our, of our speech. And by this, um, I mean we are not this separate little guy or girl that is out there madly scribing together what's just about to happen and then it happens. Our experience is that, that wherever this comes from, we don't have access to. Uh, and I guess in psychological terms, um, we'd say it was the unconscious that's doing all the, the, the show. Um, whatever we want to term it, uh, what we can be certain of is to say that it's not something we can see. And the unconscious is just a word, really. We still don't really know what that means. We don't fully understand it. We don't know how it works. There's a number of theories that are put, that are put out into the world. But really, it's, it's, it's a mystery. The more creative, the more that we move into this creative space, the more that mystery deepens. And rather than trying to understand it, it's far more enjoyable to actually go into that experience and, and just play 
creatively with that, uh, with that mystery. That's open to everyone. I, th I think that's, that's really the big point there, is to, to, to go into this mystery. Jump into the water and just see where it, where it takes you. See where the tide pulls you. Yeah, I can feel myself even with these words, you're just, just escaping into it now. We do this whether we're aware of it or not, through the multitudes of distractions and entertainment that we have in, 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 our, in our modern society. We, we, get, we get shipped off in all different directions. Exactly, we're already doing it. Uh, we're, we're already, um, we, we, we cannot escape this. And, and this mystery you talk of, it also can shape itself very easily into forms and structures. So we can quite readily prime ourselves to see the world in a particular way. And all of a sudden, it will start to represent itself in that way. And it's arguable whether anything is changing uh, in the world or whether simply we are, um, through a process of confirmation bias, attending to things that support our perspective and discarding any data that, that, that runs against it. Whatever the foundation of that process is, where we see it um, most aggressively prosecuted is when I hold a perspective that I believe is truthful and, and, and absolute, and you hold a, a contrary view, and we both cannot see that uh, um, we have created our own representative reality, that there isn't a singular right perspective. And as you say, they're both forms of creation. And, and as we go deeper into this journey, we'll find that our sense of or truths or long-held beliefs their grip will start to loosen on us. And when they do loosen, you, the experience deepens even more. I think the more we hang on to our beliefs, the more that we can um, constrict our bandwidth. And yet the more that we let go of these beliefs and just simply move into, move into this space that we're talking about, the sense to want to hang on to beliefs is, is sort of pushed to the side. And we find that it's far more enjoyable just being in the experience rather than having to that's hold on tightly. That's very well said. When we talk about holding on to beliefs, they are a form of attachment. And the good news is that we cannot hold on to anything. So even though we may feel attached to a belief or a point of view, uh, there is no um, actual anchoring of that other than it being repeated and energised by virtue of, of, of it being attended to over and over again. It, it, it develops its own locus, its own centre of being. But in truth, even though when we talk of this in language about letting go and, and falling into a source of experience or a, or a stream or a mind at large, in truth, we are not letting go of anything. We are already uh, in, the, in the stream, in the mind at large. And what uh, we can experience by loosening and seeing as simply provisional or place uh, markers, these beliefs and attachments we might hold, what we can gain by, by relaxing our, our collar is, is that feeling that 
we are in process and unfolding without us having to feel we are managing and controlling, fixing and changing, which we have never done to begin with. And this is probably a really good time based on that point to also recognise is that when we let go of attachments, the duration of these feelings of stillness begin to increase and they tend to happen very automatically. But the more that we tend to hang on to these attachments, the more we'll find that stillness will elude us. You know, when we're talking about how do we know when we're getting this is when we start to experience very long periods of time during the day where without even thinking about it, we are in this very um, still place, we're at ease, where we are acting from a, from a place where, uh, you know, it's a good time even to talk about intentions, isn't it? Where we don't have to intend anything or, you know, just get up with the day, I'm gonna be nice to people or this is what I want to achieve or, you know, whatever it is, you know, being goal oriented. Suddenly from this space, our actions uh, simply arise in the world in a way that is um, very functional and, and extremely productive. I think that's um, very important. So a lot of people would think that, that being in this uh, space of stillness um, um, could leave you almost rendered like a zombie, if you'd like to call it. Uh, that, I use that as an analogy. And yet it's not like that at all. Um, you find that tasking behaviour and choices seem to happen very, very naturally. Uh, that, that's a really terrific place to be in rather than trying to plan out your day and, um, and really engineer a day or engineer certain outcomes, simply being in this flow, being in it for really long periods during the day and seeing simply what arises as a result of that. And, and the majority of, of people who can, can be into these states for longer periods will tell you that the benefits far outweigh any of the negatives. Um, very few people will report uh, any negatives. I think this, this idea that um, we can experiment with very, very simply and practically is to imagine, for example, that uh, we can confer upon you a very special power. And this power will enable you to always have the most appropriate response to whatever arises, um, ar arise creatively and immediately for you. It's quite a remarkable power. You'll no longer have to be anxious about how you may respond in a particular situation. You'll always respond with the, the highest level of appropriateness and creativity. Now, this power is something that you have right now, but it is hidden by a mental narrative that is continually um, generating scenarios uh, of what might happen or what could happen and those scenarios are, more often than not, uh, trying to describe potential threats that may appear, 
simply because if, if stuff isn't a threat, you don't need to worry about it. But if it is a threat, you should be prepared now. So what we're going to do is experiment with not needing to do that at all because you have this special power that says whatever action uh, needs to arise will arise uh, unbidden and will be the most appropriate and efficient action it possibly can be. Now, the part of this experiment uh, means you can determine the duration of how long you, you wish to run it for and, and next to you is a handrail and that handrail is, is the, your old way of being. You can always grab that at any time if it, gets, uh, if it gets scary or confronting. But see in the next five minutes whether you can simply relax into your special power and see how that feels. And if you want to try it for a bit longer, try it for 15 or half an hour or an hour or for two hours or three hours. Try it for however long you like and you will have this capacity, this special power to respond appropriately to whatever circumstance arises. <laughs>